narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Before the shooting, Kyle was already being followed around by a crew from the Daily Caller who were were shooting a whole bunch of things around there, but they were embedded with these guys. This is from before the shooting, and Kyle Rittenhouse is explaining what he's doing there um, that night. What are you doing out here? Obviously, you're armed, and uh, you're in front of this business we saw burning last night, so what's up? So people are getting injured, and our job is to protect this business, and part of my job is to also help people. There's somebody hurt. I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my rifle because I need to protect myself, obviously. But I also have my med kit. He basically talks about uh, being there to defend people, and he's got his med kit and he's got his rifle because he might be under attack as well. It's stunning to me that this was before the shooting because you know the tape did come out later. Um, but already before there was, you know, a pretty impressive media operation tracking this guy uh, on that night. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, so. What did Kyle become? Kyle became uh, a a mass shooter. He became a shooter. He shot more than one person. He killed two people. He injured another. Did he injure more than? I think he just injured the one other. It was two two dead and one other injured. Yeah. I believe that's correct. Um, But look at at him. That's a boy. Mm. And now he's being tried as adult as he should be. Um, his mom drove him across straight lines. They, he he had his weapon. Uh, there is, and this is hard to talk about because it's not something to get conspiratorial over. It's just something to for us to understand exists. Okay? So when we look at these young men, these boys, right, that turn to the, a weapon and use it, for whatever reason, right, in in a crowd, in a crowded situation. Um, There's a lot that goes on with them before that happens to enculturate them or radicalize them or give them some sort of worldview that has Mm -hmm. them attach themselves to their weapon Mm -hmm. in a meaningful way. And I'll frame it that way because... It, it can be full-on radicalization, like what we saw with Dylan Roof and um, and his weapon, and he was deep, deep into um, the Daily Stormer and was radicalized through all of those, the, the neo-Nazi forums. Um, and all this is known about Hammond came out in his case, and they know what his online activity was and that he was in there learning an ideology and bathing himself in it that allowed him to attach himself to his weapon with meaning and then go out in the world and use it based on that based on that meaning that he had associated with it that he had been radicalized to do the same thing happened with the parkland shooter Mm. same thing and no one wants to talk about that that too much Um, and and by us saying things like, and I get into, I sometimes get into this with people. I got into this with the mass shooters, with the people who say, don't say their names. They want the fame. It, it glorifies them. This is what they're going for. And I have a very different perspective. I have a perspective as a parent. And my perspective as a parent is that for where it's these young men that are, that are, they're, 
they're teenagers, right? Um, you, I want to, I want to know what happened to them. I don't want to erase their name and call them a monster. They're a child. What happened to this child? And what was going on with this child that had them attach themselves to a weapon with meaning and then go and use that weapon? And I think we have to start looking at it that way, not so that they can get off for being accountable for what they've done, but so that we can understand what the fuck is going on with our young people and where do they find themselves? Clearly, this young man found himself a thought pattern, probably from the Daily Caller. He probably was communicating with them. Why are they there following them? How does he know how to be where they are? Why did he think he was a medic? Why does he think he's a medic? He's got gloves on. Who told him to wear gloves and have his weapon and have his med kit? He was ready for doing his part to fulfill his ideology that he had that had him thinking that that weapon was somehow a tool for him to use for his social means his his he was attached to it in a way that had meaning for him and therefore he felt free to use it as an execution device to fulfill that meaning whether it's i'm going up against these radical you know antifa i'm going to shoot them and he thought he was doing this he went to the police and he's waving at the police and sort of saying they're there and i shot them but he thinks he's part of law enforcement or some kind of service, right? In in the service of some kind of bigger thing. He wasn't there as a lone wolf actor doing something. And we need to look at all of that and how that gets formed and understand that our young people are being radicalized into this shit. Mm. This was a Blue Lives Matter that radicalized him. You know, he, um, you know, in, in terms of the social media um, that we've been able to, to piece together, it was it was Blue Lives Matter that uh, was his, you know, galvanizing force. And he used to spend a lot of time as an intern or apprentice, whatever they do in the police force. Um, so he got attached to the police that way. So he wasn't actually, he, what, he did feel like he was part of them in Kenosha. He didn't feel, you know, he did feel you like know, he was one, one of the interesting data one of the interesting data point, you know, LB brought up the fact that the Daily Caller was following him around that night, which seems suspicious. Mm. Um, you know, and another, you know, fact that's out there is that, uh, you know, some months earlier, I don't know how many more months, how many months earlier it was, but uh, there was a big Donald Trump rally and, and Rittenhouse is in the front row at the rally. Right, right. Which is hard to get to. I mean, I, I don't, maybe it isn't that hard to get to, but, uh, yeah. you know. Let me just say this. We can get to it, but it's not to be approached conspiratorially, you guys. The point is what you were just what we were just talking about is that there's an ecosystem. There's an information ecosystem for what is now just the right. The Republican Party used to be the alt-right and then it was the far right. And now it's just them. Mm. Right. And they have an ecosystem with the with thinking, with ideology, with symbols, with all of this stuff that young people are getting into and and even grandmas are getting in there and they don't know how to distinguish this sort of concocted by propaganda false reality of the world of this sort of fantasy that they're entering and the real world. And so they're in there, it's a culture, they're creating a fucked up culture within our society where they can inhabit and have 
characters and heroes and villains and you know it's wwe for fascists that don't want to think they're fascist right it's like but and with weapons and well, it's, crazy. It's, 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 it's absolutely it's it's it, it, it's absolutely WWE. I mean, like, I mean, Trump's entire presidency was basically a WWE pr- production, right? I mean, he, he does yeah. his his press conferences, his insults like The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin doing wrestling. I mean, that's what the, in, in his marketing kind of brilliance. I hate to give the guy credit. That's what he did. You know, to the broader point of how do we get there? You know, you know, and I'm kind of spitballing, but I, I think there's a couple of big reasons. One is. You know, the spread of social media makes it so much easier, right? right? Like, right. you know, a guy like Linwood, you know, Linwood has, I think, 250,000 followers on Facebook. He's, he's, he gets a message out, people see it. You know, right. people who live alone or, you know, in isolated areas now have a group. I think another big data point, how could this all happen? It's not an original point, but I feel very strongly about this is that I think that with President Obama and having had a black president and having had the demographics of the country changing and having certain demographics feel like they're losing their piece of the pie because brown people or people of color are coming in makes them more susceptible to this rhetoric, right? And I think you, you take those kind of both of those things together and then you add social media so you can get influential people. Like what do you have? You have, you know, these lawyers who are close to Giuliani, close to President Trump, who are iconic to some people. They get on social media, say a ton of stuff. You know, young kids sitting at home in Kenosha, whatnot, sees it and it resonates, and then they get in their chat rooms and it's group thinking. Now, this applies both ways. So there's extreme right. people on the left, extreme people right. on the right. But I do think a big trigger point here was Obama winning the presidency. I mean, if you look at the Trump administration, it's basically almost, it's not basically, but it's, it's very heavily older white men. Right, who've kind of always run things in this country. And I look at this election as almost their last bastion of hope for keeping women out, for keeping minorities out, for doing what they want to do and run over. And, um, you know, they've kind of used that and other things in the social media, I think, to help, uh, you know, influence or, or, or these impressionable younger people. I think that's part of how, how it's happened. Nina, this is something you've uh, had a great interest in as well. This is sort of this demographic well, my, change. My, uh, I grew up in that area. I know where Antioch is. I grew up in a northwestern suburbs of Chicago and Michigan, and uh, was spent a lot of time in that part of Wisconsin. And um, and Don is right. I mean, one of the things is when Obama came in. Uh, remember what had happened? Uh, he came in at the end of the. Uh, at the, at the end of the Bush era, during an, an epic crash. And all of the yeah. people in that part of the country, my kids, I, men that I went to high school with, now men, uh, were within months of Obama's election affected by what happened. They weren't affected the way we were in New York the day Lemon Brothers crashed and you could walk downstairs, uh, downstairs out of the Time Life building where I worked and see these people carrying their boxes out of Lemon Brothers and all the storefronts in Manhattan were shutting because the commercial real estate crashed in one week and restaurants were gone. That yeah, didn't happen. Off the cliff. Two months, later, off the two cliff. months, three months, four months later, Obama is elected, and now the ripple has hit hit suburban Chicago and Antioch and all of these places where they had been 
actually living in a bubble for a long time. And down they went. What did they do? Instantly, because they already have, as Don says, they already have this undercurrent of there's a brown person running the country now. They blamed him for everything. So that was the start uh, in that part of the country. That was the start of this, I think. But to to Kyle and the gun, uh, LB, um, you know, he 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 got that. He went up to uh, Upper Wisconsin with an 18-year-old yeah. and bought the gun. And his right. mother is from Northern Michigan. And his mother, talking to the Chicago Tribune, says, "Well, I don't have a gun, but." I believe in the first, in the sec, my Second Amendment rights, and everybody should be able to carry whatever kind of gun they want. And it just makes me wonder whether there isn't some connection between that, you know, the Daily Caller and this kid and those guys in Michigan who've taken over the Lansing uh, state legislator, the the Capitol. Well, I, mean, I think they must be connected. Head. This is a heartland here's how phenomenon. Here's how they're connected. Here's how they're connected. And it is a phenomenon from the heartland. And and I'm from the heartland, too. <laughs> uh, I, I am. Um, I've just been out here for a long time. Uh, but here's the connection. The connection is for anyone who's from where I'm from, and Nina, where you from, when you saw Donald Trump come down that escalator and you heard that shit come out of his mouth, we said, holy fuck, he's waking it up. He's waking yep. it up. And he's going to win. And people thought we were crazy because they're not from where we're from. And I knew what he was waking up in white America. I knew what he was unearthing. And I was fucking terrified of it. I was like, this is really dangerous. This is going to work. And people thought I was insane for thinking that. So that's the fracture in our society. And it's the disconnect from state to state based on where you're raised and what you understand. It is... That is a prime, it's like a ripe, it's like the most beautiful sort of, excuse me for being crude, just sort of gorgeous fuckable woman for our enemies, right? Like they look at those fracture points and they're like, we're coming in. <laughs> mm. And they know how to come in. They own these, these fucking devices and these, these platforms on them. They built those. They're in there and they know how to come in. They have a science behind it and they come in with their shit, with their fucking propaganda and they've weaponized people's minds. Mm. They have. And now we have an entire political party who understood that that was what was happening invited it to happen because they said like don don recognized that's the white male patriarchy that that party mm -hmm. and that party was like we could use this <laughs> this will work for us right and they've been paving the way for it all along think about how much rush limbaugh was on there and bill o'reilly talking during the yeah. obama years and even before about how we're going to be the minority and oh the demographics are changing and oh you know like we got to get the immigrants they were starting all that they started all that shit back in the early 2000s i listened to that fucking talk radio i know they were saying that shit i heard it so they were already starting paving that paving that paving that in come our enemies into those cracks and inflame it and know how to really do it they know how to do it and that's what we're living through people have been radicalized mm -hmm. so their brains are gone 
given that you're you're just you know you're from the heartland, you're from the heartland, and you're seeing you saw this happening, like to just kind of kind of oh, yeah. juxtapose it to even real life, you know? No, like I, I've lived in New York, you don't see it, and, and just to give you know fine point that touches all of this. For example, you know, there's so many people who are so surprised by the election and 70 million for Trump because. You know, it, it works both ways, right? A lot of leftist, democratic, liberal, what do you want to call people, you know, all their Twitter friends are like-minded. All their social friends are like-minded. They're not around, you know, if you live in a major city, you're not around people who have these views that that that, that, that I'll be and Nina are talking about. And, and I'll give you a, a personal example. There's a lawyer named Robert Barnes. They don't let you see it either. Is, they don't let you see it. There's a lawyer named Robert Barnes who's been incredibly critical of the Fight Back Foundation, incredibly critical of Linwood, incredibly critical of John Pierce, and he's a right-leaning person. He's pro-Trump, and you know he's when he speaks on this Pierce and Wood stuff, he's brilliant. Like I've gotten to you know like his work and whatnot, and you know I followed him on Twitter, so I read his page sometimes. And when I read his page, it was just eye-opening for me because the discourse that's going on on his Twitter page is so vastly different what's going on from what I typically see, you know, and then that's just like a, it's just tiny slivering to what you're saying you saw in 2002, 2003, or whenever you said it was, while I'm out, you know, in New York with liberal, you know, a, a, a potpourri of people from all backgrounds who are not seeing this stuff and are not aware it's out there and it's happening. And, you know, I've read through his page and, you know, I, I totally respect the guy. He seems like a great lawyer and, and, and that, but it's, there's very strong feelings um, on the other side that a lot of people are almost bubbled off from and not aware of it. Yeah, we're in, we're yeah. in information silos. We've been we've been talking about that all the time. I mean, we're, we don't know what they're talking about. You know, we we're talking about parlor this morning or parlay. How do you pronounce that? Just sweet parlay. What is I that? Think, I think <laughs> it's parlay. I'll be you saying parlay. parlay. So funny. Uh, I think it is. But we don't we don't have. I don't. Maybe you guys do. I don't have a parlay. Uh, account. I need to get myself one, a sham account, and get on there because I don't know what they're talking about, and they've moved themselves over there. And uh, you know, Lynn Wood has half a million followers on on Parlay or something. I mean, these are. And this, this is Rebecca is, Mercer, after all. You know, this is and Rebecca Mercer. Rebecca Mercer. Rebecca. And then it's Cambridge Analytica, and then it's mm -hmm. SCL. That's and, right. you know, what That's what about I'm talking people. about. It's a machine. These people aren't Americans. They're yeah. coming and they're using. No, no. I just, that's where I just. Oh, that's where my I just God. Talk it. about Russian Wait, wait, wait. That is not the Russians. That's Rebecca Mercer is not a Russian, and neither is her. Neither is her dad, and neither is SCL. I mean, the Russians are in there and they're taking advantage of it, but they didn't, they didn't set this up. I know, I know you guys think that. I just think it's something that these, these donor class people have been. I just follow the money. Out. I follow yeah. the money, Nina, and that's some Russian fucking money in there. Now, Especially the but you're right. It is a, it is a donor class of people. We do have our own oligarchy. It, they are, there are Americans in there that there's some that are just, they're really not. I'm sorry. I, I, we can, we can look at the money and sort I mean, I'm out, sure they're but, in league with the Russians because they don't care. They're, it's it's, it's, it's they're borderless. <laughs> It's borderless capital. It's yeah, all about it's Wilbur it's Ross. Capital. Wilbur yeah, Ross it's is, capital. is no different it's than the underworld. It's the underworld. Yeah. It's so a, let's put some of this together. You've got 
or the overworld. It's a mob, mob, mob. Yeah, go ahead. Seth. So let's uh, you know put all this together. You've got a 17 year old. He's in Kenosha. He's fired up by all this propaganda that's been polluting his head. Um, you've got these two sides facing off against each other. You've got a, a you know so-called Antifa or, Blue, or Black Lives Matter against uh, business owners or local business owners trying to defend um, their properties or saying that they're there to defend their properties, and he gets caught up in this horrible event. He, he does shoot two people. I'm going to play the video, and I had to think very carefully about whether to play it. It's oh, very, very know. disturbing. Yeah. It's very sorry. I don't shot three, really? killed two. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I don't. I don't know. If you've got the headspace to see video. it, we cannot. I mean, I I cannot play it, but I think it is very I think instructive. It's, I, 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 it's because I it, know. It, you know, with I my thinking about this kid is that he's walking in there firing randomly at 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 people. That's not really what happened uh, in the main part of this of this of the thing. He was sort of he was on the ground. Um, the people did come at him. Um, just get the gun away from him while he was shooting it. But that's what, you know, he had people coming at him. And when you look at it, you look at a scared 17 year old being, you know, sort of firing um, because he felt probably, possibly under threat. Um, and that would make sense in terms of all the stuff that he did. I'm not trying to make excuses or even change the perception. For full context, though, yeah. you, you know, I'm not as close to the actual incident. I mean, you know, there was before the. If it, it correct me if I'm wrong, but before the shooting that a lot of people see, when he's on his back, somebody came after him and shot them. There was another shooting. Yes, right. That was the first shooting of the person who didn't die, and and you know I, I don't want to get into the details because I don't know a lot. I watched one like twenty minute right. video on big on investigation. It, yeah, right. And it, and it looked like you know there was one shooting earlier, and then he 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 kind of just went away, and then people were potentially chasing him because of that first shooting. Um, but I think you, you need to see the whole. Absolutely. The whole that's, very true. that's very true. The only video you see of him on his back, people coming, I think that's somewhat misleading. You have to see what happened first. And I think another point to add to that, you know, that I kind of, um, you know, that struck me when I was watching the video, it's not clear what the circumstances were of that first shooting. They said it was a guy who had some, you know, an EDP emotionally disturbed person. I believe that's what was said in the video. Um, but, you know, the whole notion that, you know, he was a medic and there to help, um, you know, it's pretty clear from the video the shooting happens and I don't know what circumstances were. And then, you know, he kind of goes away. Right. So I don't know if that shooting was purposeful or accidental, but um, if, if it was accidental, and I, I don't know one way or the other. I'm speculating. But if it was accidental, um, then you would think if you were there to be a medic, one would say that you would go help and not go away. Yeah, um, there's a lot of questions. This, you know, this will be determined in court. But the reality of it is, this is a, a you know a kid ultimately who's got who had a lot of pressures on his mind and his and his and that night had a lot of pressure building up against it because of of the recent shooting of Blake, and then you've got these two sides sort of facing off against each other, and all of that to me was part of the Trump campaign you know the trump at the time was in the middle of an election campaign where he was basically trying to scare suburbia into uh into voting for him yeah. he, was, he was saying this you know they're coming for your suburbs they're coming to attack you they're coming to take away your homes and and so he was yeah. amping up this and especially in wisconsin where you know it was as a swing state this was part of the country where he really wanted to scare suburbia because he needed he those wanted votes it. they wanted it yeah he wanted know? this thing I so i it's so the 17 year old so kid 
it arrives and he's at this historic point in history, but there's all these influences that are coming to bear on that moment. And the biggest is from the president himself, who's, who's busy gaslighting an entire nation um, around, around the fear of what might happen to suburbia. But didn't Kyle go up there as part of a response to some call to have armed men come into Kenosha that night? I yes. thought that's what it was. He didn't property. just get in the car right. and go up there with his mother, or his mother says she didn't drive him up there, but whoever drove him up there, he, he didn't go up there just on his own. There was a platform, a call on Facebook, or well, I don't know where it was. I, I can't remember, but maybe you've looked at it more recently. But there was a call out to come up there, and some militias or something were, were marching up there. It was definitely not just the 17-year-old. It was a it was a rea- it was a it was exactly what what LB said it's it's re- you know responding to the Trump uh WWE uh, Trump- we're having an event come mm-hmm. on up yeah and the and daily caller the daily caller the daily caller videotaping him and being present uh and actually knowing who he is is such a red flag mm-hmm. and uh yeah. you know I'm just I, I'm just I just wonder how they're going to play this in the jury because he's I mean with the jury if they go to a jury trial because he's uh, you know there's so much behind this that uh, that needs to be brought forth for people to make an accurate uh, 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 judgment on what happened and oh, oh. And, and you know the fog of war it's all lost. He's also being defended by Trump's you know potential colleagues and so you've got you know this what they're going the to do to this case is turning into a giant political mess they're not going to judge yeah. this kid on on the merits of the case they're going to, they're going to make it a divisive given event what, given what don explained to us about this guy's past mm. i wouldn't be surprised if mr pierce turns out to be a sydney powell real mm. fast yeah, could be. I don't. I don't think he's the best representative. I would not want tell, that guy. Tell people what you mean by that. Tell people what you mean by that, Nina. Tell, well, Sydney Powell. Tell people is what you a, mean by that. Right. To Sydney Powell is the conspiracy theorist, uh, recently member of the uh, the Ace Trump legal team, uh, alleging that the election was stolen. She got on uh, in the uh, in the press conference where Giuliani leaked uh, hair dye all over himself. She got up. <laughs> And talked about talked about how the Venezuelans and the long dead Hugo Chavez was in uh, is in our voting machines, and that there was yeah. some kind of Cuban communist conspiracy to steal the election. And I guess that was too much even for Jenna uh, <laughs> Jenna Ellis, the white evangelical Christian Trump lawyer, and and Nosferatu himself, Rudy Giuliani. A couple of interesting points to response to that is, you know, according to an, an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, I think it came out uh, yesterday, the prosecutor's office has already complained to the judge in Wisconsin that mm-hmm. Pierce's conduct on, on, on Twitter is unethical. And that has to do with him saying, you, you know, something like this is like a revolutionary war uh, a couple of days ago, Pierce actually went further. Well, he said, he said, he, he said, you know, uh, he said, you know, it's time to dust off your Second Amendment's rights. Uh, don't tread on me. He'd already gotten in trouble for the prior, like, Revolutionary War statements. And on top of that, he had a tweet, um, John Pierce, who has all of these problems, which includes basically taking $2.5 million from a cash advance lender in February 
They're supposed to have daily repayments. They never paid back a dime. And a $4 million judgment went three months later. But the same guy with all those issues actually said on his Twitter the other day that the, out, the, the, the director of the CIA, Gita Haspel, and the director of the uh, FBI, Christopher Wray, need to be ousted, like, quote, like yesterday. So he's calling um, them out. And the other point is about the Venezuelan point with Sidney Powell, you know, and I don't purport to know a lot about international issues in Venezuela, but the one interesting data point is while, you know, Giuliani and his people are out there saying to left in Venezuela, in August of 2019, according to reports in the Miami Herald, Giuliani was meeting with a Venezuelan guy, I believe, named Betancourt, who has big, Alejandro Betancourt, who has big, you know, money laundering charges or allegations against him. Yeah. And there was also a report that Giuliani did some kind of secret meeting with Bill Barr in September for his, you know, super wealthy Venezuelan guy. So it's almost yeah. this you know, pattern that people say a lot comes from that side, whether or not you believe in, you know, that's your, that's your business, but is that typically, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, some of these interests on that side project onto others what it is they're doing. Yeah. So, any, you know, I just want to show you a slide. So this is the people that are benefiting or are paid for the of this two million dollar bailout for for <laughs> that Kyle is a here. Thing of and you know you've got the the, the, the my pillow guy who you know who knows why he's there, but you know he's got lots of issues on his own, also domestic abuse issues. But he, there he is funding some of the bailout. You've got Rudy, as we've mentioned. You've got um, Mercer uh, over there, um, and then that's Linwood, the uh, the attorney above. Uh, right at the top there. And then there's also these guys at The Blaze, which are sort of these advocates for him on social media and on The Blaze television, where he's getting this additional support. And then of course, Ricky Schroeder who shows up out of nowhere um, to be to pay the bulk of this because he wants to buy the TV rights. I mean, it's, a, it's, like, it's a crazy group of people. And then and this poor kid, you know, I mean, uh, he killed people and he should, pay, he should pay he should pay for that but but look at this look at what's happened to him look what's going to happen to him as yeah. he gets surrounded by these yeah. these cast of characters that is just insane i mean yeah yeah he's, he's gonna you know, get you know, shoot it's up it's interesting with the, with the cast because you know you mentioned about the my pillow guy i don't know his background as much but you know uh, uh you know you know john pierce himself um you know we, we were harvard law school classmates his ex uh wife from harvard law school and then you know, 2016, she got a, a domestic violence uh, restraining order against yeah. him, and, and said in her There's sworn declaration that she had gotten word that he that, that he that he threatened to kill her. He denies that. Yeah. Um, in, in July 2019, and this is actually pretty interesting. Uh, Pierce Bainbridge filed a lawsuit for Tulsi Gabbard against Google on July 25th. On July 27th, uh, Pierce's wife reported him and ended up getting a second domestic violence restraining order. And there's about 60 texts that you know are publicly filed that are just way over the top, and and pretty crazy. And one of them, he um, invokes Tulsi Gabbard and, and threatening um, his former spouse. You know, me and Tulsi are gonna get your libtard. You know, whatever. But it, it's pretty, it's it's pretty heavy stuff. So you know, to the bigger point, it does seem like an interesting cast of characters around an, a, a presumably impressionable 17-year-old, you know, kid. Yeah, and this case yeah. is going to be a you know a mess. It's going to be a political mess, uh, both internally and externally. I want to say one thing. I, I think the other thing we're watching that's so weird right now, and we're going to keep going through a real weirdness with this, is it used to be 
that the core cast of characters that would go on and, you know, go on to Twitter, go on to find a microphone and get out there. They were, they were doing their, uh, look, these people know that what they're saying is horseshit. They do. They know they're in a production. They know mm. it's, they do not believe most of them do. I don't know about Sydney Powell. I have questions about her, <laughs> her, her, her brain. She might be, I don't know. She's either some weird intelligence operative that just took way too much of what they gave her. I don't know what she is, right? So, but, but these people, they know, they, like Jenna Ellis, she knows she's saying horseshit. She's like, so it used to be that all of that all of was that for, was, oh, I get in the echo. All like of that was echo. for an audience of one. Mm-hmm. It was for Donald. Right. No one needs to do this for Donald anymore. Donald's fucking toast. Goodbye. He's done. So now they're doing it for. They're doing the it for the fans, 70 million. For the fans the in the stand, for the for the WME fans in the stand to keep the to keep the show going, they're doing it for those folks, and those folks have they have a whole language. They're looking for things. You've got Q people in there, and you've got still the Mike Flynn star people in there. You know, you've got all these different fan groups, right? Mm. It's like sports teams all yeah. put together in one. And so they're saying, that's why this weird shit's coming out of their mouth because they're speaking to one group over here and another group over there. And it's starting to get really fucking weird. It was actually easier to to have for our brains to like follow this and process this when it was just an audience of one. Now it's an audience of of 70 million. And going back to Parler, it's the same thing. Nina was jumping in Nina was jumping in and saying it and 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 I agree it's you know it is part of the WDB show but the, the, the other picture is that it's to keep the money rolling in like you know whether or not right. fight back is build the wall too don't That's know can't say right but it, it's to keep and I'll read you a funny a funny a really really funny comment somebody somebody had made when they started the whole fight back with with Lynn and I just pulled up my phone because I thought I thought about it and that's what's going on it says it says to be fair there's a whole 35% of the nation right now that's raising their hands and letting everyone know that in the most easily manipulated in American history, it'd almost be irresponsible not to rob their blind if you're a greedy person. Mm. Now, that's someone else's comment. No take on it, but I think um, you know, it, it, it resonates with, with what I read that. I don't know the person who wrote it. And I was kind of like, wow, that's an interesting take. That's it. These are the easiest it's fucking like marks Bannon. ever. It's Bannon with the wall. Bannon yeah. is going to go to jail for this, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to find out more. We're going to find out who exactly is behind yeah. this for this uh, fight back club. Because you're right. The, when I look today, they had already raised uh, 560000 uh, on what was an original target of 500000 So there's a lot of money being made by people. We know how unscrupulous Giuliani and company are. And, you know, it's this kid I actually feel sorry for. Um, and I'm not because not I have any sympathy for, for his side, but I was listening to the 18-year-old that bought... Uh, actually, let's listen to this clip. It's quite soft, unfortunately. In the, okay. in the pod, pod, podcast, I'll play it louder. But this is um, the 18-year-old, the who one the who gun. bought the weapon for Kyle, who was with him that night. This is an eyewitness of what Kyle was going through that night. The whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, he's not 18. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm not looking. I mean, yeah, the bigger fish to fry, that's not saying I'm looking at you for Yeah, I know, but like in my head, like I, I could have stopped it. But I know if I would have told him no, he would have threw a fit. Yeah. So after this goes down, he gets back to the, the old good years, like the car, the gang shop now. 
you get back to here, you kind of calm down a little bit, you guys talk it out. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't calmed down, but I kind of calm myself down. I'm trying yeah. to calm him down. Yeah, it's, it's stressful. He's yeah, sweating like a pig, and he's just freaking out. His face is white. Okay. He's like, I'm going to jail for the rest of my life. I'm done. He's okay. Just scared. Yeah. I'm just so trying to calm him down. I'm just like, hey, man, look, I heard more shots than what I think you shot. They're saying four people got shot. I don't know, but from what you're telling me, you were defending yourself. But as far as I believe, I'm like, so I mean the, the takeaway I took from ah. that is this kid was freaked out. This was not something that, you know, he went in there to to maybe he went in there to do it, but uh, you know, it seems to me that he's the reaction was someone who had freaked out, who's going to fearing he was going to go to jail for the rest yeah. of his life. Who had the typical panic attack that you would have knowing that something like that had happened. And he's just a kid. Um and so you know, I, I just can't believe that we're in this situation with this this kid's future life. You know, he could spend his entire life in jail based yeah. on this, like, pressures that have been built into social media, that have been built into the amplification tools that have, um, you know, that follow him around the, before the shooting, that then that then spread it around through Twitter, and then the politicians and the, and the, and the lawyers that climb in on top of that. I mean, it's a terrible situation for America to be in. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I, I think, you know, there, there's very strong views online both ways. You know, there's people who are, you know, way over the top in the negativity towards Kyle Rittenhouse. There's way people on the other side are way over the top. I think, you know, the way I look at this a bit is, is, is a lot to what LB was saying before. And Nina suggests as well, you have a 17-year-old kid who's impressionable, there's forces. And that leads to what happened to that night, which I won't get into. But, you know, the way I pitched a lot of what I've written about this, and I sincerely mean it, is, is you know, whether or not you like Kyle Rittenhouse, you don't like Kyle Rittenhouse, like he should have proper legal representation, right? Mm. He should have, you know, the best, whether it's fundraising, not fundraising, it doesn't really matter. But you, you look at the cast of characters around him, and I'll say most strongly John Pierce because I know him very well. And I think, you know, I'll be, I think it was you who just said something about there's a script or you'll say something. I will say it's my very strong opinion, and I have many, you know, documents, whatnot, that will show this, is John Pierce will say and do whatever he needs to say and do to get either money or do something that gets him forward in what he's doing. Like, you know, if, if, if you look at his history, where he practiced law, look at other things he said. And then look at the stuff he's saying on Twitter right now. There's no, there's no way to reconcile them, right? Like it, it's a show. You know, he, he's been right leaning and whatnot, and that's my my opinion. So, but the bigger point is that is that you have a kid now who's going through, and I think Zeb sounds pretty sympathetic to it. You know, pretty traumatic stuff. Like you know, people feel strongly either way, but it's not um, a great situation if you have adults who are very powerful around you who at the end of the day, in my opinion, don't have his best interests at heart. They have other interests at heart, whether they're financial, whether or not they're political. You know, it appears to me strongly that the Kyle Rittenhouse, in my strong opinion, was you know, used to, to, to raise money um, for whatever purposes, and then, you know, subsequently will be used for other causes. I mean, you know, one of the things that come up, and I, I don't know a ton about this, is but when he got out, he was wearing a, a T-shirt about some anti-Starbucks coffee place. Um, you know, they've said it had nothing to do with its coffee place from what I read online, but the immediate reaction of some, right, and again, these are opinions, reactions, was that now that they've gotten him out of jail or prison, 
and it's tougher to raise funds because you can't say we need them for bail money. He's become a human billboard mm-hmm. in some people's opinion, right? It's and that's a just hero. further. That's true. Like it's like it's another way of exploiting. If one believes that's true, the seventeen-year-old kid is using to get the money, and now you're using him marketing is as a billboard and that's some people's opinion and it's how do we decontaminate a society you know how do we how many more kyle rittenhouses are there going to be uh you know ampton ready to go for the next time round and and how do we stop that from happening how do we stop that from social media happening and there's so much that could go into that and and let's just say this also because we haven't said this yet but we all are feeling it um and then there's two there's two people who've lost their lives Mm. And yep. there's another human being who ha- God only knows what those injuries are to yep. live with. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. families, uh, families and loved ones that are never going to see um, those two people again. Mm-hmm. So th- that that's what these opportunists, these grifters, these mm-hmm. scam artists, these propagandists, that's what they're exploiting for money. Yeah. And not even in the best interest of representing their client it's a sick thing going on right now and it's really sick how members of congress right new members of congress are also trying to ride this because of the they think this is they don't have to try to please Mm -hmm. donald trump anymore they're trying to they're trying to please the the masses that are swept into this insanity um and so that they can get power this is all power grabbing and uh it's a we'll have to We'll have to address it. I want to say this, Seth, because I know you have to, you, you want to yeah. set up. This was a hard show, you guys. And I'm, um, I'm really fucking impressed, Seth, with what, how you, how you handled this show to Thanks. talk about all these things and to where you put the focus. And I know how much thought you put into it. And I just wanted to say that so that the audience could hear that as well. Thanks, uh, very great. And also I should say to very Don. grateful for Don. Yeah. Has, very Don yeah, I want to thank Don. Don, the work you've done. Yeah. Just no, thank you guys for having me on. Things you've been putting on Twitter. I feel like I'm on loyalty. Uh, <laughs> the inform- ahead, the information is really, really uh, important. Yeah, Don reached out to me about two or three months ago out of the blue you know, on LinkedIn and he and has been doggedly you know, arguing this when I didn't even know, I mean, I probably knew who Rittenhouse was, but I didn't know any of these lawyers or anything. And he's been documenting this so carefully and advocating on behalf of the victims. It's just a very impressive um, show of work and, and amount of, and your commitment to this is fantastic. So thanks very much, Don. I yeah, really and appreciate that. thing I like to, 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 to throw in, you know, LB just made a great point about there are victims here and there are their families and they're just kind of not getting recognized and, and went over. Yeah. And can you imagine, can you imagine how offensive it would be to be the parents of the family of the two people who were killed and see a picture online of John Pierce, Kyle Rittenhouse, and Ricky Schroeder cheesing with huge smiles like it's a party that he got out on bail when, when they, there's no remorse. The kid is saying, I don't regret it. That has to be immensely offensive and getting known. And the other thing I'll say, you know, which is the point I have to make is, you know, a, a lot of the conversation has been, you know, they, people talk about Khalif Browder. People know that situation, right? The Khalif Browder situation, people look into it if you don't know it. They make juxtapositions. Um, and, you know, one of the, you know, comments I've heard frequently is if, you know, if that was a, a, a black 17-year-old, there would have never been bail, right? There would have never been bail. There would have been two million. But my response to that is, 
and this is emotional, is it's not, it's not that there wouldn't have been bail. He wouldn't have made it out of there alive at night, right? If a, if a black kid had done the same thing, he would have been dead at the scene, in my opinion, right? So the whole Absolutely. conversation about it wouldn't have, you know, it's my opinion, right? Like, you know, I can't say for sure, but, but like a black kid walks into a situation with the same police officers who are letting Kyle Rittenhouse walk by with a gun like this and has killed two people, right? Yeah. Black people have gotten killed for cell phones, yeah. toy guns. You're not even talking about bail. You're talking about funeral arrangements, in my opinion. So that's another, another part of the situation that is, is pretty, you know, you know, tough to see. And, and I, I think in, in this, you know, I'll let it go. It is the arrogance and the complete disconnect from humanity, in my point, and decency that would have you bail the kid out which, you know, that's fine. You got the money, do it. Go do it quietly. You don't go on social media posting mm-hmm. pictures with Ricky Schroeder cheesing like it's some big, you know, party night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's offensive, it's arrogant, and quite frankly, it's ignorant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's my... my and, and in particularly, like, if I'm going to go too far and personal, if you have a track record like this guy, John Pierce... You, anybody who wants to come on my Twitter, you know, whatever, you can read up on him. It is it, it is a abhorrent track record that he has as a, as a lawyer, as apparently a father's children, as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a as a husband to his wife. And this is not me saying it. There's 12 people who sued him. There's his wife who put all this stuff out in the public domain. His ex-wife, like, and, and to thrust yourself in. And 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 take victory laps around something like this. It just yeah. just shows me just a disconnect with either any level of humanity, decency, or reality. That's my personal opinion. That's a good one. Thank you very much for sharing that and pointing that out. And Nina, we all have to go. But do you want to do a last word here, or anything? Any thoughts from you? No, I just want to thank Don. And you're absolutely right. The 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 grin, the grins, the grins mm. are really mm. what got me in the end. Uh, it, it's just it's just that there is no. There's not enough shame in the world to cover these people. It's, I, I'm ashamed to be an American and, and be in the same country with them. It's disgusting. And the fact that we're yeah. in a situation where our people, where, the, where there's an audience for that, you know, it's not, it's not any longer just taking joy from Donald Trump, you know, uh, saying misogynistic things to women or firing people and humiliating them on television. It's that is entertaining that this you know that this is this is something that people find get pleasure from i mean where where are we narrative is funded by viewers like you support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative